Chair, staff is ready when you are. Thank you, Ms. Montesinos. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the October 4th, 2023, Sacramento Disabilities Advisory Commission meeting. This meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum? Thank you, Vice Chair. When I state your name, please um, state present. Commissioner Lim? Commissioner Chad? Commissioner Crispin? Present. Commissioner Kramer? Present. Commissioner Mercer? Present. Commissioner Tucson Boy? Present. Vice Chair Crowley? Present. Thank you, we have a quorum. I'd like to take a minute to just read the ordinance related to quorum. A quorum shall be required for the commission to take any action. Quorum shall be five members. However, in the event of any vacancy or vacancies, the quorum shall be a majority of the members then serving on the commission. The affirmative vote of a majority of the present of the members present and voting shall be necessary to approve any item. This is in accordance to ordinance 2001-05 section one. Uh, before I continue, I'd like to make an announcement related to some changes to the procedure of recording and public accessibility from the last meeting of the commission to today. And it was an abrupt change, and I, uh, the commission itself is found out today. So two items. Public comment is available in person during the meeting. So for those who are listening to the broadcasting or would like to have public comment available during this meeting. Uh, the city hall is open, the doors are open, and we're here to receive your comment. The second is that uh, meeting minutes will be available. It, it, the meeting minutes may be available tomorrow. There has been some staffing changes and uh, we ask for the public's uh, patience as staff works to make sure that the transcription and the comments are made available accurately. With that, I would like to remind members of the public in chambers, welcome, that if you would like to speak on, the, on an agenda item, and those are the agenda items that I've presented to you all, please turn in a speaker slip when the, when the item begins. So you have the agenda to identify and keep track and the speaker slips are behind on the desk in front of you to my right. You will have two minutes to speak once you are called on. After the first speaker, we will no longer accept speaker slips. We will now proceed with today's agenda. Commissioner Crispin, would you please lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance? United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, individual, with liberty and justice for all. 
Thank you. Commissioner Chand, would you kindly read the land acknowledgement? To the original people of this land, the Nisian people, the Southern Maidu Valley and Plains, Miwok, Patun, Wintun peoples and the peoples of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribes. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Thank you. Our first business today is approval of the consent calendar. Ms. Montesinos, as clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Thank you, Vice Chair. I have no speaker slips. Thank you. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Commissioner Boyd? So I have a question regarding your announcement about minutes. Are we approving minutes tonight or, or not? Are those on the agenda? <clears throat> we are conduct, to my understanding, if I may, uh, we are conducting business as usual. If there is a delay in the public being made available the minutes, there may be a delay until tomorrow just because of administrative changes. But we are conducting business as is today. And then I have a question why um, there are no minutes uh, for August second meeting on the agenda. I thought that was coming back to a vote because it didn't pass at our last meeting. And there are none posted on the website. Uh, could you repeat the last thing you said, Commissioner Boyd? What was not posted on the website? There are no minutes posted for August 2nd. It did not pass with a quorum vote at our last meeting, so I thought it was coming back to, to today, so. You mean uh, September 2nd? The, uh, there's there's no meeting minutes for August second, so I guess my question is why are oh no, why are the August meeting, no meeting minutes? minutes? I thought we were going to vote on them again tonight. Mr. Gotham, do you have a response to that? No, I don't. So you're you're wondering where the status is of the minutes from the last meeting or the August no, meeting? August meeting. The August second meeting. Okay. If you go to our website, there are no minutes listed from that meeting. Okay. Um, it didn't pass with a quorum at our September 6th meeting. It was my understanding that they would come back. Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't recall that, but maybe the clerk's office can follow up. Let me look into that. I know the August 2nd, my understanding were they were approved and I just need to put them up on the website, but let me look into it and follow back up with Jeff. Okay, because they're not on there. And thank you for that, Commissioner Boyd. 
Tucson Void. Uh, this is my recollection of August and the last meeting. So the August meeting is where, uh, and I wanted to bring this attention to um, Attorney Burdick. Uh, we had spoken, uh, uh, Commissioner is mentioning about uh, abstaining votes that then led to, is this, is this correct, Commissioner Boyd? Abstaining votes uh, led to minutes not being approved initially. And then Attorney Hicks made some comments. This is per my recollection, because I, I do, not, do not have anything of the kind in front of me. So it'll be helpful to reflect back as the clerk just said. Uh, at that time, Commissioner Hicks made the comment about publicly available minutes uh, would allow for people to vote um, if they chose to. And at that point, I believe a revote was cast, although we will have to look back. So related to the approval of September 6 minutes, um, I will make a notation and work with staff to have both the August minutes and September minutes and October minutes reviewed in terms of the change from how it was previously recorded on the website, how the broadcasting will be recorded with the minutes because there's been a change. So then we will have a comparison and a timeline between September, August, September, and October. So we'll have to follow up with that at the next meeting. Um, and I'll make sure that the chair is also aware of what we just discussed today. Is there any other commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Yes. Yes, yes. And what, com what Commissioner Tucson Boyd is mentioning, I wanted to just put on the record for everyone who may or may not have had a chance then to either attend and, and um, especially for any new commissioners, to be able to reflect back so we have time, all of us have time to reflect on the three minutes, uh, the status of and availability of reviewing the minutes of August, as mentioned by Commissioner Tucson Boyd, September minutes because they are the last minutes before the change to the way that the public is able to access them, and then today's minutes because, again, there has been some staffing changes. So there's three different reasons why our minutes have been affected. So for tonight, we are moving forward for those who are participating in the vote, which I hope everyone has come prepared, and then to... Uh, Commissioner Tucson Boyd's point, I find it pertinent to mention for the next meeting, and I'll work with staff in order to clarify how our minutes then are to be voted on when there may be limitations to voting, uh, to review by the public. So it, it gives the public and our constituents in our districts at least three weeks to follow up with us, and then we'll have it uh, agendized in order to clarify our process and procedures uh, for everyone's benefit. Any other comments by commissioners on this item before we seek a motion? Yes, anyone? Okay. Uh, seeing no more comments, is there a motion for the consent calendar approval for September 6, 2023? Commissioner Crespin, I move to approve the consent calendar for September 6th. Thank you, Commissioner Crespin. May I have a second motion? Second. Second.
second by Commissioner Chand. Thank you. Yes, clerk, did you have something to clarify? Just to clarify, regarding the consent calendar and the minutes for September, um, the motion is to, to pass as is, or are we making any amendments? That's why I just want clarification, because I think that's what I Seeing that there were no uh, commissioner comments to amend, okay. I believe that we are moving forward with a vote to pass as is. And uh, I've taken consideration for the comments made prior to this vote, and they will be revisited in total uh, as an agendized item next meeting. Okay. Thank you. So with that, the motion stands. May I ask the clerk to please have us vote? Of course. Thank you, Vice Chair. Commissioner Lim? Abstain. Commissioner Chan? Aye. Commissioner Crispin? Aye. Commissioner Kramer? Aye. Commissioner Mercer? Aye. Commissioner Tuzon Boyd? Aye. Vice Chair Crowley? Aye. Thank you, the motion passes. Thank you, everyone. Before we proceed to the discussion calendar, I failed to mention different bodies in the room. So allow me to take a moment to identify who we are uh, so that people who are in chambers and those in the broadcast can understand who we are. So to my right, we have City Attorney Representative Courtney Burdick, and in that order, uh, Commissioner Tucson Boyd. Welcome to Commissioner Lim, Commissioner Mercer, Commissioner Kramer. Ms. Montesinos is the clerk to my right. Our staff member is Mr. Gothen to my left. Commissioner Hubbard is not here. Commissioner Chand and then Commissioner Crespin. So I hope that helps everyone in chambers also to identify if you needed uh, to direct your comments. So we'll now move, uh, we'll now proceed to the discussion. We will not move to the discussion calendar, apologize. There is a second item for those following along on the agenda for the consent calendar. I'm sorry, uh, clerk. Are we doing these separate? Usually they're together. I was going to do them separate. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So the discussion that I was having with Montesinos is that I um, am having a second vote for the Sacramento Disabilities Advisory Commission follow-up log uh, so that we have an opportunity to follow our procedure uh, in order to have a chance for uh, comment. In, uh, in, a, in a proper way. Are the, clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the follow-up log? Thank you, Vice Chair. No, I have no one who wish to speak. Thank you. Are there any commissioners who would like to speak on item two of the consent calendar? 
Commissioner Mercer. Yeah, I'm looking through and I guess the question is, um, I'm not seeing our annual report, which is still in progress. Is that something that should be over on this log or does it just self-perpetuate itself and we'll come back to our agenda next month? Well, may I have staff respond? Yeah, so the intent is to bring the annual report to uh, the next, next uh, meeting. So I have the comments and I have, I reviewed the report that was presented on August 2nd and I took those comments that were made um, into account and some recent comments that came in in September and then um, I had the uh, city attorney's office review that and then um, I think there's some, maybe some wordsmithing that we could do and so the goal would be to uh, bring it back um, November as a standing item until we get it approved. Any other commissioners who'd like to add comment, speak to this item? Oh, uh, Commissioner Boyd, thank you. Um, so I appreciate that update from staff. However, it was requested that that item be on our agenda for this meeting. And I thought that was um, well understood so that we could have open discussion on um, our report to city council. Um, I'm not seeing the golden one accessibility on the follow-up log. It looks like it's fallen off again. Um, so I would like that to be added again to the follow-up log. And then I was noticing on um, other commission and committee and advisory boards um, agendas that um, those groups had made formal recommendations in regards to the 2040 general plan. We did have a presentation for that. We did provide feedback there, but I just thought it might be something we'd want to discuss if we wanted to formalize our feedback the way other commissions, committees, and advisory boards have during the public comment process. Was there anything further besides those two, Commissioner Tucson Boyd? Not for the follow-up log. Okay, and if I could follow up with Commissioner Mercer's comments. Uh, could you repeat, is it the annual plan that you'd like to see on the follow-up log? Can you please repeat so I can better understand? No, it's the annual report. It's the annual report that um, Commissioner Tucson Boyd referenced. And I just... I don't like things kind of falling off into the ether, and it sounds like it's being worked on by staff, but I agree with her point that it should be on the follow-up log because otherwise, I think if we have the annual report over on there, that encompasses our recommendations because something's going to be there. It's in draft form at this point. That encompasses the golden one issue. But if we don't have that on there, then that entire issue disappears. So just to repeat what I've heard from the two commissioner comments thus far, related to comments on the follow-up log, the commissioners would like, the commission, the Disability Commission would like to ensure that at the next meeting, the annual report specifically identifying Golden One and a 2040 general plan is agendized so that we can have a formal recommendation as other board advisory boards have 
done. Did I summarize that right, commissioners, who have made comments? Uh, Commissioner Boyd, did I summarize your point of view? And Commissioner Mercer, is that correct? And then uh, for Mr. Gotham, you mentioned that the August and September comments were received by your office and that the city attorney is aware and there is some uh, review of how to present that formally. So there will be a clean copy and a formal copy that has been vetted, per se, for us to discuss at the November meeting. And it would then be perceived as a pre, uh, appropriate for a standing item on a formal agenda. Did I get that right? Yes. Okay, great. So uh, any other commissioner comments? Commissioner Boyd? Oh, okay, this is just extra, okay. Well, I appreciate that, wonderful. And this is why we had it, we're gonna vote on it separate, so we all have a chance. Uh, I did wanna just defer, Attorney Burdick, is there anything that I'm missing in terms of uh, seeking comment from the commissioners before we vote that would help clarify how to place things and keep them on the agenda when I work with staff on this for next meeting. It's come up several times and I just wanna make sure. Uh, I think we're all in accordance, but is there anything that we should be aware of that seems out of place? This commission hasn't done its part, though. Oh, no, I'm sorry, the yeah. draft. You'll be bringing it back for your input, right? So for those who couldn't hear, Commissioner uh, Boyd and uh, Attorney Burdick were just commenting on timeline. So if you could comment um, to Attorney Burdick, please. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great characterization of how, how it's proceeding. And I'm also new in this role, so... <laughs> And I've never been a staff uh, liaison to a commission. So this is all new for me. Um, I did want to clarify that you want to add to the annual report a recommendation to the, to the, on the general plan effort. Is that what was? Um, the follow-up log. You want the to add to The agenda was the follow-up log. And my points were golden one arena. Because the golden one is in the annual report, the I was general plan. To the follow-up follow log. Okay. Follow-up log. The, the items were Golden One Arena, general plan comments, and then Commissioner Mercer was speaking to having the annual report on the follow-up log. Okay. Which would allow us to discuss it at this point in the meeting, but as my understanding, we can discuss it during commissioner comments and questions as well, because that has been the Correct. practice in the past. Correct, and, and um, commissioner comments are always available, uh, but before we move to vote, I thought it was important that all the commissioners, including uh, Commissioner Lim, in order to just ensure your active participation tonight, that you have a context for what we're speaking of and you feel comfortable with things that are happening uh, that are very important to the district you represent. So again, uh, thank you everyone for your patience as we get some of these things organized. And so I appreciate Attorney Burdick's uh, summary. Uh, and then the recommendations uh, have already been made. Let me make that clear to everyone. It is that uh, we haven't processed them in a way that allows for our staff to follow the uh, 
process that the city requires. And it's uh, very well known to everyone on the commission, especially since there are so many new commissioners. Uh, there is this process involved and the annual report and our comments reflect the period of time that the annual report is for. And it is counterintuitive to be taking a vote at the end of the year for an annual report that should be reflected at the beginning of the year. And we've been working as a commission, and I've been here long enough to reassure you all that it's my, uh, for myself and for Chair McMillan, that we're aware of this discrepancy and we're inching towards organizing it in a way that despite changes in staff, there is no ch change in the requirement, as Commissioner Mercer was main mentioning. There is a requirement to have this annual report. And in good faith, as volunteers to represent our city, we have done the best that we can. But we need to help um, our staff and the city in general recognize that we're taking it seriously, and that is why I made the comment that I'll work with the staff in order to reflect the last uh, August, September, and October, reflect the end of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter of the year. And if we review that, then at least we have formal comments that will prepare us for our vote in January, which will become very quickly part of everyone's uh, attention. So we have that time. Uh, and so what was a very similarly a very rudimentary item, you can now see why the vote separately is important. So we have this comment on record. Is there any other commissioners that would like to make any comment? Commissioner Crespin? Thank you, Vice Chair Crawley. Uh, we are still talking about the consent calendar item two, which is the follow-up log, but I have noticed we've been also talking a lot about the annual report. So I think for clarification, and some of us are new, are, is it the expectation and um, the invitation for each commissioner to provide feedback to the report? And I ask because I did inquire on the 9th of September via email, and I haven't seen the latest draft, and I haven't been able to give input yet. So in the event I'm the only one with this question, I wanted to bring it up, should we all have access to that draft and be able to provide comments. So that, I would, and if I'm out of turn, but I believe what, what you're saying is uh, how will we all have access to it? Yes. So access to all these documents are made during our commission meetings. And as such, we're going to ensure, I'm going to ensure that the next meeting will have access to three months worth of minutes along with the recommendations so that we can end the, end the term of our 2023 year well-knowledged and well-versed, uh, it's understandable that in a post-pandemic situation, all of us, including the city processes, are trying to keep up. So from my perspective, uh, Chair McMillan and I, and with Mr. Gotham, will organize that as such so that we're not spending the last two months where the follow-up log is uh, contentious because it's confusing. And that's how I appreciate Commissioner Tucson Boyd's and Commissioner Mercer's comments. Having said that, We've already expressed every meeting the frustration of trying to reconcile how do we express to our constituents in real time something that hasn't been voted on. It's, it's very problematic in that way. But it's, we're acting in good faith. So with that, because we are talking about a follow-up log and the recommendations in comments by commissioners of having an annual report item 
on the follow-up log and the two other items that Commissioner Boyd mentioned. That will be discussed in, in our meeting next session. So any items relate, any concerns not expressed during commissioner comments for item two of the consent calendar, you can reserve and get on record during your commissioner comments at the end of the meeting. Does that help clarify our process for tonight? Yes, thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Seeing no other comments, is there a motion to pass item two of the consent calendar, Sacramento Disability Advisory Commission's follow-up log with the recommendations and comments already presented for the next meeting? May I have a motion to pass the follow-up log consent calendar item as discussed. Seeing no motion, Attorney Burdict, can you please advise me if I am able to take executive action on this item? Oh, I apologize. Is that an old queue? It's old, yeah. So I would need some advice on uh, commissioners uh, have not made a motion to pass the second item or to recommend a vote on the second item. Okay. So, clerk, if you could uh, note that... There was no motion to pass and approve the follow-up log for the minutes. And I will, I wanted to make the comment then, the staff and I will continue the item for the next meeting. Is that satisfactory, Com uh, Attorney Burdick, the way that I stated that for the record? Very good. We are now ready to move on to the discussion calendar. So I'd like to uh, change the order as uh, we have a presentation from our own staff and I'd like to uh, respect the time and give more leniency to uh, James Craw. Did I say that correctly? For a staff presentation. If you would like to approach the podium. Uh, and I wanted to announce, yes, we're going to change the order to do item four first and then finish, uh, reverse the order where item four, Highway Safety Improvement Program, Cycle 10, PD, uh, Pedestrian Crossings Improvement Project will be uh, discussed first. Uh, followed by item three. This is a com pardon me while I get oriented.
Thank you, Mr. Craw. If everyone is ready, I would hand you the floor for your presentation. Thank you. Good evening, Vice Chairman and Commissioners of the Disability Advisory Commission. I'm James Craig. I'm here to present to you the HCIP 10 Pedestrians Crossing Improvement Project. This project aims to improve pedestrian safety and accessibility in various locations across the city of Sacramento. The project will focus on enhancing existing pedestrian crossings by installing rectangular rapid flashing beacons, also known as RRFBs. This project aims to reduce traffic fatalities and serious injuries by providing comfortable, controlled pedestrian and bicycle crossings. The project location selection is based on vehicle speeds, average daily traffic, pedestrian volumes, and visibility. The project is funded by the Highway Safety Improvement Program with state funding and the Pedestrian Safety Program with local funds. The project proposes to install RRFB systems at the four locations, Folsom Boulevard at Seville Way, Rayleigh Boulevard at Santa Ana Avenue, W Street at 8th Street, Alhambra Boulevard at X Street. Before advancing to present the existing conditions at the project locations, I'd briefly like to go over the function and effectiveness of RRFB systems. RRFBs are button-activated electronic flashing devices installed beneath the pedestrian crossing sign and above the diagonal downward arrow plaque on each side of a crosswalk. RRFBs enhance visibility of pedestrians within the crossing to drivers. On the right side of this slide is the standard electrical RRFB detail included in the City of Sacramento construction plan sets. According to the Federal Highway Administration, RRFBs can reduce collisions involving pedestrians by 47% and increase motorist yield rate up to 98%. City staff expect these RRFBs to increase the comfort of the city pedestrian network. In addition to visibility enhancements, this project also proposes to evaluate the curb ramps at these crossings for ADA compliance. Any curb ramps found to be deficient will be brought up to current ADA standards. The City of Sacramento ADA curb ramp detail is shown on the right side of the screen. Moving on to the existing conditions at the various project locations, generally these are marked uncontrolled crossings of at least 45 feet over arterial and collector roads with speed limits above or at 30 miles an hour. Some curb ramps in these locations are currently not compliant with current ADA standards. In addition to solar-powered RRFB systems and curb ramps, the proposed improvements include installing advanced pedestrian warning signs and advanced yield markings. The next couple slides, we will visit each location any location-specific treatment outside these general proposed treatments will be highlighted in blue as demonstrated. First up is the crossing over Folsom Boulevard at Seville Way. This location is typical for this, this project with a 45-foot uncontrolled crossing over an arterial roadway and at least one deficient curb ramp. 
at Folsom Boulevard and Seville Way, the proposed improvements follow the general recommendations mentioned previously without deviation, those being RRFB, ADA ramp, advanced pedestrian signs, and yield markings. Second is the crossing over Rayleigh Boulevard at Santa Ana Avenue. This location is slightly different as the uncontrolled crossing is 100 feet over a higher speed arterial roadway. The, the curb ramps here seem to be ADA compliant. In addition to the general proposed treatments, the proposed improvements at the Rayleigh Boulevard crossing include a curb refuge area with a third solar powered RRFB. Next is the crossing over W Street at 8th Street. This location is also typical for this project with a 45 foot uncontrolled crossing over an arterial roadway and at least one deficient curb ramp. In addition to the general proposed treatments, the proposed improvements at the W Street crossing include lane narrowing buffer striping to increase side friction and reduce driver speeds. Finally, the fourth location, the crossing over Alhambra Boulevard at X Street is yet another typical crossing for this project. It's a 45 foot crossing over a collector roadway and at least one deficient curb ramp. At the Alhambra Boulevard and X Street crossing, the ADA ramps only need truncated domes for compliance. Otherwise, the general proposed improvements will be applied to this location. The project schedule is divided into four phases preliminary engineering, design, right-of-way, and construction and closeout. Last June, we closed the preliminary engineering phase after obtaining environmental clearance. Currently, the project is open for feedback in the design and right-of-way phases. We anticipate to finalize the de designs and enter constru the construction phase by the beginning of next year. Thank you for your time and attention. I'm open for any questions or comments. If you have any further questions, please feel free to contact me anytime. Oh, were you? No. Thank you, Mr. Craig. Did I say your last name right? It's pronounced Craig. Craig? Yes. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's close Thank enough. Thank you, Mr. Craig. <laughs> so that was James Craig, our associate civil engineer. Thank you so much. Thank you. It is very, um, if you wouldn't mind staying at the podium, thank you. Um, I'd like to give the commissioners an opportunity uh, to ask a question before I have some comments. Is there any, uh, thank you. Uh, Commissioner Kramer. Yes, hello. Thank you so much for your presentation. I just want to know if there will be any audio cues at these crossings for those who are visually impaired. It is my understanding that our RFBs do have audio cues. Um, I can double check and make sure that those are going to be part of this installation with our electrical team. Thank you. Commissioner Boyd. Tucson Boyd, I'm sorry. That's okay. That's a great question, Commissioner Kramer. I hadn't thought of that, but when I'm thinking of existing um, crossings that already have this implementation they don't have an audio signal so that is that would be interesting to find out because I do know moving forward we're um, adding uh, um, audio prompts at crossings my question is um, 
so I'm hearing there's four different crosswalks in this particular project? Correct. I can go back to the location side? Sure. Okay. And I'm assuming these are not the only four crosswalks citywide that need treatment or? There are other similar projects that are dealing with crosswalks with our RFPs. Okay, so I guess I would be curious to know what the difference is between these four and other um, areas of need, if it's a funding source. This project was funded through the HSIP program, which um, requires a cost-benefit analysis and a specific application that lists out um, locations. So while there are other uh, locations within the city of Sacramento that would um, benefit from this treatment, the scope of this particular project is limited to these four locations because of the age of funding. Okay. And I was curious, Rayleigh and Santa Ana, is that a high pedestrian traffic area? I, I... Rayleigh and Santa Ana Avenue has a, um, it's a commercial area hmm. with um, there are people that live in that uh, commercial area as well, and this is the only crossing within, I, I guess there are signalized crossings to the north and to the south of this particular intersection, but in order to actually cross Rayleigh Boulevard here, if you were going to use a signalized crossing, you'd be making a detour of at least a mile. Okay, and what neighborhood is that? What? Where this project is located. The Rayleigh Boulevard neighborhood? Uh, what neighborhood is that? What residential neighborhood I am not sure. So, I, because I, I'm envisioning a industrial area, that's what comes to mind and that's what it looks like with the, the aerial um, image that you provided doesn't look like there's a lot of other things around so I'm wondering where these these pedestrians are traveling to and from are they going from homes to a grocery store I'm just with the, the map that you provided I can't visualize the location of this particular project right <clears throat> um, I should have probably included a satellite image that would have helped but um, Visiting the Rayleigh Boulevard and Santa Ana area, um, I'm not personally sure where people are crossing to and going, but I am aware that the crossing there needs treatment in order to uh, allow for a more comfortable crossing without a mile-long detour. And that's in District 2, Council District 2? Um, I'm, I'm not familiar with the mapping and I, I have recently moved to Sacramento. <laughs> Thank you for sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, Google Maps and I am not seeing residential that's easily identified. So I, I am curious about that. Remain curious, I guess.
Before we get to other commissioner comments, um, Mr. Gotham, do you want to add? That? Yeah, just to help James um, a little bit, Clara and uh, Commissioner Tucson Boyd. Uh, as Jay, James indicated, the Highway Safety Improvement Program uh, locations have to qualify based on collision history, and the um, and the proposed improvement has to be a, a corrective measure. So, as James illustrated in the slide, the effectiveness of the RFBs. So, this is where Caltrans and the federal government agree this would be the correct application, just based on the um, existing conditions and the existing um, collision history. So, that's how those uh, locations are. Uh, established and we, we coordinate significantly with our traffic engineers traffic investigators and transportation planners who ultimately um, give us direction on how to proceed forward so um, be assured all those considerations of desire lines and land use are all taken into account when we're investing in these uh, safety improvements is that ped versus vehicle collisions or just collisions in general I'd have to look at the HZIP guidelines to um, to look specifically at, the, at at what that is, but I don't know if James can recall. But it's 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 enumerated in those guidelines when we um, fill out the application. Any further comments, Commissioner Tucson Boyd, uh, Commissioner Crispin? Thank you, Vice Chair, and thank you, Mr. Craig, for your presentation and your work. Uh, anytime we put out documents for the city, we want to make sure that they reflect our vibrant and integrated city. And obviously, ADA is the minimum. And I did hear, and thank you for presenting, that there are some um, elements that do need to be brought into compliance as part of this project. So I just wanted to take a look at some of the language, and I'm not sure who would be responsible for this, but... In our agenda, discussion item four, there's a policy consideration paragraph. And this is very common. Um, and I, I will just continue to, to use my voice to point this out on a consistent basis. Under policy considerations, we have that we're creating a, we're creating walkable communities. I would propose using words like integrated, mobile, um, clearly there's a lot of different ways to get around the city other than walking. Bicycle use is covered in one of the call-outs here of policy, which is M as in Mary, 5.1.14. So we don't have to continuously mention bicycle use. It's actually highlighted here. But what's not highlighted is mobile scooters, tricycles, integration, mobility, and, and rolling, for example. So going down to sustainability, again, there's no policy quote here. So if there's some flexibility, if we're going to say we're developing a universally accessible, safe, convenient, integrated, and well-connected pedestrian system and bicycle network. It was so close until we got to the, the end there. So I would just um, really advise to consider more inclusive language and one that reflects a vibrant, integrated city, which Thank is you. what we are in what we want to do more of. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Lim. Thank you, Vice Chair. Um, I'd like to digress back to Council Member Kramer's about the auditory. And you said 
those elements have not been added into the design and build. And you, there's due to funding and meeting certain requirements. And I believe the auditory, in addition to the tactile uh, element of pedestrian crossing should be entertained. Or if, fu if the funding has already been parceled out to these projects, is there a possibility of re-looking at adding auditory? Because I think it's important to have auditory in, in addition to tactile, the yellow bots dots. By the way, those yellow dots were used in Sacramento for the first time in the world 40 years ago. They did not include auditory because we didn't know what we were doing. Here I can look at it and go retrospect and say, yeah, if it's all universal, including what? Council, I, I'm sorry, I can't read your name. Commissioner Crespi. Commissioner Crespi. Mm -hmm. That is the goal. How do you get to the goal? You stage it out. You've staged out your project plan, and if that has taken or consumed all the funding, what what do, would we need to consider auditory uh, uh, on the crosswalks? Um, so that would be interesting if, if, to flesh that out. If you expended the entire funding as agreed by your city and the feds, that's one thing. If you haven't, maybe it is a consideration, but I'm kind of familiar when you have these kind of things, you use the whole budget. Why give money back? So that's my comment, auditory. We always have tactile. We already have the sloping. Got to hear something. Besides I, the screeching of car tires. Right. Um, I, I would ask just for a little bit of clarification here. By auditory, are you talking about um, chirping for crossing or um, verification that you have activated the RRFB? Oh, I think it's a separate to have a unit that alerts the person who's visually impaired generally, that's why we did it, to say, hey, I'm going to cross the road. Before it goes cross the road, smack. Okay. I, I may have misunderstood um, Commissioner Kramer's original question then. Um, Chirpers. I don't think our RFBs have the cross chirping and that to my understanding is because it is a um, it increases the yield rate but it's not a 100% yield rate. it's not a red light um, and the chirping tells a visually impaired person that it is um, it is a crosswalk um, with the go signal for a pedestrian um, I can look into if that is if my understanding's wrong, um, and if it is wrong, visit the uh, auditory crossings. Uh, Commissioner Boyd. Thank you. So based on that, I have a follow-up question. Is this treatment, does this treatment have the flashers at the pedestrian level, but then also the red lights that flash up over the, the street? 
or is this only at the sidewalks where the individual's crossing? Um, I can pull up the example picture, which was um, installed in Sacramento. All right here. This is the kind of flashers that we're talking about with our RFBs. They're, it's not the above street. Um, we, we call them hawk signals with red lights. Mm -hmm. it, this is a um, on either side of the street, yellow flashers. Um, and in the case of the Rayleigh Boulevard crossing, a third one would be placed in the median in the for middle. more okay. visibility. Okay, thank you. Mr. Craig, could you repeat the last thing you said about something in the middle of the street? I couldn't quite hear. Sorry. Um, at our Rayleigh Boulevard and Seville Way location, there would be a third flasher. Instead of one on either side of the street, there would be one on one side, one on the other, and one in the refuge area in the middle. Thank you for clarifying. Are there any other commissioners that uh, would like to speak on this item before I have my comments? Thank you. Uh, I wanted to summarize just so that um, what we what we as a commission, I believe, have presented are inclusive and more broad considerations than what the project approval from a federal or county level would advise. And I believe I speak for everyone when we say, because our city is unique, and when we speak to our constituents, we have those thoughts in mind. And I appreciate that at the end of your presentation, you did make mention of how to contact you. And considering there's been a change in how the public can comment or acknowledge some feedback, I wanted to just identify that the phone number is 916-808-6842 to make comments on the Highway Safety Improvement Program, or HSIP, that was referenced during the presentation. It's cycle 10. Pedestrian Crossings Improvement Project with a reference of T as in Tom, 152-16200. And uh, Mr. Craig's direct email for recommendations on that project is J as in John, M as in Mary, K as in Kite, R as in Robert, A as in Apple, G as in George, H. So that's J-M-K-R-A-G-H at cityofsacramento.org. Uh, that would be able, to, uh, the public can then uh, make those comments specific to your presentation when everyone has a chance to review in, uh, in case there, there is some sort of delay with the minutes. My comment was um, something that was interesting is, and I appreciate um, Mr. Gotham's comment about how the collision history uh, and Caltrans reports are all collaborative in this highway project. Uh, if you look at the picture all around Sacramento and, and throughout your slide, you have the solar power system being installed, which means there's plenty of sun, and that sun also does damage to the ability to reflect a curb from a uh, marking, a safety marking. Um, it impacts the awareness of elevation. So we've discussed a lot about the auditory requirements of people, but there's also people with multiple needs that impact their ability to walk safely. And if we're talking about areas where there is a high history of accidents and there's a safety hazard, 
then it's important to invest the budget in something that would allow a depth perception or an incline change beyond a structural standpoint, meaning it's vehicle specific and the pedestrian has a lot of responsibility. And when you add a disability, such as an auditory or a mobility or um, a attention uh, or a, a variety of all three, uh, and it's not necessarily age or uh, gender identified in any way, the yield marking then becomes variable. So can you please share how can the commission provide in writing separate from the meeting notes uh, something transcribed that's comprehensive so that if it's pertinent to uh, return our comments to you in a public setting at our next meeting, uh, whether you're present or not, we can always communicate through our staff. But are you, one, receptive to something in writing that encompasses all of our comments? Uh, and two, do you have the reference or do you need our help to uh, refer to the multiple types of disabilities that can uh, go beyond the ADA and be specific to our districts and specific to our constituents in this area. One of our uh, problems today is that none of the commissioners really have maps in front of us that can help us from our district standpoint reflect what our needs are because that's our utility to be able to share our community so that you have insight and feedback. So while I work on that with the chair, uh, how would you like to receive from us uh, outside of your email because we need to be cohesive in our response uh, and although the meeting minutes are there, uh, we like to make sure that our comments are viewed in context so that we have a timely response to you and that you can take action on it. Can you um, help guide us on how we can help you better after you, after you leave? Um, I, I would be receptive to further comments and appreciative to uh, um, obtain your references for um, disabilities that go beyond our, uh, or that would be addressed with going beyond our ADA standards. Um, as far as the forum for addressing comments, uh, I, I'm at your convenience. Thank you. And what I was going to say is I just realized it's beyond either of our scopes. So, Attorney Burdick, how do we, as a commission, having made these comments here with the meeting minutes available, how do we propose um, back to our presenter so that they have it in writing our comments, not so, uh, not just in a meeting format, but in a way that the chair can, with uh, Mr. Gotham, have it in a formalized way so that uh, action can be taken with our recommendations at today's meeting. So the recommendation before you is re it's receive and file, but right. it's akin to review and comment. And so this is how it happens. Staff would watch the tape again and again and again <laughs> to make sure um, they got your comments. As far as creating like a letter, it sounds like you know, like some kind of formal written document from all of you. Um, if you wanted to go that route, you would need to agendize it and draft a written document on the dais, which you may or may not want to do. Um, or in I didn't follow the last part. Did you say Amadeus? Can she turn on my Oh, thank oh my. you. <laughs> Oh, I thought, okay, I understand now. 
Right. You so you would need to agendize it, and you could all work on a group letter together. Um, or it sounds like Mr. Craig is open to individual comments if you wanted to email him separately individual comments. But as far as group action, that can only take place right here. And that's it. Okay. So in, um, I'm sorry, Mr. Gotham, did you have anything uh, in terms of how chair and vice chair can work together to prepare something like that so that it can be uh, expedient and efficient during the next meeting if that's something we choose to do? Because it's not a vote item, I just wanted to be clear. We're just discussing, and this is the format to give feedback, but I can imagine, Mr. Craig, how overwhelming it is. And we want to be um, seen as a commission that is useful, both in utility and efficiency. So do you have a comment on that so that uh, Commissioner McMillan and I can facilitate? I guess I would defer to the city attorney on, okay. on, on what you were um, asking, but I, I do think that emailing uh, Mr. Craig your comments is very effective. Also, he heard your comments tonight, too. So I, I really don't think a, a follow-up action is warranted. I think um, we've gotten the value of the commission and that perspective, but I think if you wanted to be assured that we didn't misunderstand something, I think maybe if you just drafted an email and emailed him, that would be that would be sufficient. Okay. Any other comments? Yes. Uh, Mr. Lim, are you? I see the Q speaker Q. Did you have something? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And then, uh, okay. And Commissioner Chan, did you want to comment? I'm thinking if you should like draft up something and send it to the rest of us and we can all agree upon it and then maybe send it back to Mr. Craw. So as the city attorney just mentioned, everything has to happen in our meeting. Am I correct? Yes, so the, um, there was an amendment to the city code. It's been a few months. The clerk's office can probably tell us better, but there's a prohibition on ad hoc meetings, so you could not pair off and do a work group and bring it back. So if two of you, if you and the chair were to get together, um, that would be a letter from you two individually. It would not be on behalf of the commission. Uh, yes. So just to be clear, uh, what I'm discussing and presenting to Mr. Craig is that yes, we've, this is being broadcast, there will be minutes transcribed, and there is public information. I recited the phone number and the email, so every commissioner and every person in attendance today at today's meeting, as well as those in watching the broadcast and those that we may want to share, there is a direct way to connect the city staff on this item directly to the person in charge, full transparency. Uh, and I want to just advise that it is not efficient for anyone who comes before us to review and refresh the multiple subtleties of what we've shared. And out of respect for the commissioner's comments, uh, I'm in a position today to just clarify that I've taken the notes. We've all, we all can watch, uh, we all can receive the written minutes in the form that is going to be made available that we're all learning today. But it is then something that uh, Commissioner McMillan and I, with the staff, uh, to compile something as important where federal funding has now guided something that is a safety concern, especially for those who are highest at risk at these uh, identified spots. Uh, so in my comment, what I'm saying is that is something that I find very valuable 
especially since we don't know exactly how it impacts the inflow of uh, traffic uh, to our districts. And as I uh, work with the staff and, and the chair to agendize something, what I'm hearing is that uh, at the meeting, if we have the proper documents in front of us that will be distributed, and I'll work with um, the staff on that, then everyone should come prepared to be able to take those ideas that were presented to Mr. Craig and at the meeting uh, decide if a letter is important because that meeting will be recorded as well. So to um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Chessy, what is your last name? Gothin. Gothin. Mr. Gothin's point, it's not to add more work It's oh, to ourselves, but to really clarify uh, how we advocate is to make sure that we're representing our city specifically, not a federal guideline, because Chicago is different than Tampa is different than just within uh, Roseville is different than Sacramento. So uh, that's what we're here to do. And I, I appreciate uh, everyone's feedback on how to proceed. Um, the yield marking, um, give me just a moment, yeah. Commissioner Mercer. The yield marking, it caught my ear, and I, and I heard the other commissioners mention it. It's only the truncated domes that caught my ear in your presentation. And we're a commission that doesn't get satisfied with only because it has to be all-encompassing. So that's why I mentioned specifically the audio, the technicalities of an audio uh, signal along with the way that those the three steps, the reserved area and the two end-to-end -end points is an auditory signal. Even if you look at this picture now to those who aren't visually impaired, you can't tell if the curb is high or low. You can't tell a gray from a version of a gray to a white. And it's very expensive from what I understand. So that's why I mentioned in my comments as a commissioner that there needs to be consideration in the budget to demarcate not just the truncated dome and the various colors that are uh, discussed in different committees or different project proposals, but the delineation of a curb from a street or a crosswalk plus the line to stay in, not only for the driver, but for the pedestrian. And that got missed in the presentation. So I wanted to make sure that you were aware of that because even for a regular, um, a non a person who, without a visual or auditory uh, or atypical sort of um, mobility for these areas, as was already discussed, the traffic hazard also involves modernizing the truncated dome with the markings. And in many projects across the city, even after they have been uh, corrected, the color of the streets uh, could have also been managed and that got missed. And this seems very important considering the collision history as Mr. Gotham mentioned. So uh, if I see Commissioner Mercer, Commissioner Chand, and then Commissioner Boyd in that order. Um, so I last time commented that very often the presentations are not available until after the fact and I went looking for them because what we ended up seeing over in the minutes, I mean over in the, um, when we get like the notification is uh, very dry <laughs> and kind of hard to read through and includes a lot of engineering notes. Um, I did try and look at this and make heads or tails of it and I really couldn't. And it only starts making sense when we see the slides. And the thing is, I could look at that later and have some thoughts. 
about it because a lot of times it takes me a while to figure out how you know Tarianus wheelchair is going to go over and and navigate a particular thing. I think one of the ways that we could look at doing this is if we have thoughts that we go over and we ask for it to be agendized, I just don't want it to be something like, I have to come to the next commission meeting, request for it to be added over to the working plan. And if there's a way to go over and add over onto um, our, um, our list, our task list, something uh, for revisiting prior presentations, would that be enough of an agendizing of it so that we could go over and say, I want to go back to this meeting where we talked about the Fruit Ridge plan um, and uh, go over and get some feedback in here in public over about that, or if that's something that I simply can go over and state myself over in commissioner comments or something along those lines so that it does get back. Because I think you probably want to know those things. We want to not be in violation of Brown and like bringing things in sideways, but there's got to be a better way to go over and, and get this information. Thank you, Commissioner Mercer. And I'll just add to that. Um, that's why during the broadcast and before I've made comments, uh, the city's been doing uh, in the agenda a uh, very good job of direct contact. So the phone number and the email, as uh, Mr. Gotham said, anyone of us, and including those uh, who have comments later, we have Mr. Craig's direct information, and uh, I'll pursue with chair. Uh, with that said, Commissioner Chan. Uh, can you go back to the slide of where it showed, you know, your timeline of where you guys were in transition of when it's supposed to be started and done. And then, uh, because it, I think you said it starts November, um, January of next year, would there be enough funding, say possibly, to add um, the auditory or anything else that would you know, be within the ADA guidelines? Would you know that already? Like how much as far as you guys' funding would be close to it or? So um, I, I have to procure a consultant for, um, well, sorry, not a consultant, a contractor for construction. And I currently only have an estimate for how much um, the these preliminary conceptual plans cost. I would need to get further into our design phase, which has just started, in order to get, gain a more accurate picture of, I guess, a more accurate estimate of the construction cost. And even then, it, it's an estimate still. Um, I can look at the auditory hardware and um, with a more complete design um, see how my budget's doing and if it is feasible to add it in and um, appropriate then absolutely. And hopefully there is enough time because I mean it is still in the design phase. Right, yes. it hasn't got to the part of you know into the right of way, but hopefully, with you know all of our concerns and comments, we're able to get that in there. Yes, and, and it's in the design phase, but still, it is it's open for feedback and comments, and changes can be made. Thank you, Commissioner Tucson Boyd. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, so I did want to make the remark that um, 
in response to what Vice Chair Crowley said, our minutes are not transcribed. They're not transcribed, they're linked to video, so they're not uh, true meeting minutes, which has been one of our concerns around accessibility. Um, now that we are only live streams, there'll be only a recording of the video. Without the Zoom, there's no captioning. So anybody who is um, hearing impaired will not know what is actually presented and or expressed by members of the commission. Um, so just a clarification on your comment regarding trans transcribed minutes. Um, for newer commissioners, I wanna point out and thank Public Works for bringing this project to us at this point. Uh, typically, we are hearing these presentations somewhere between right-of-way and construction and closeout, and sometimes even after construction and closeout has happened. And um, it has uh, been uh, the work of this commission to advocate for input earlier. And so this presentation is among the first where we are getting this opportunity to provide feedback. So that being said, it does make sense that we might have an opportunity to either provide something more formally to um, to staff or um, have invite staff to come back should during the process of incorporating our thoughts tonight and um, looking at budget, et cetera, that there's an update, any changes. So, um, but yeah, I just, it does deserve um, recognition that we are having this opportunity and, and thank you to city staff and um, your managers for making this a priority. Are there any other commissioner comments? Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Vice Chair. No, I have no one that wishes to speak. Thank you, Mr. Craig. Thank you for being transparent and patient, and we look forward to communicating with you individually and as a group in the short, in the short term. Thank you. It was a Thank pleasure you. presenting. So this item um, four that we receive that we've just heard of in the discussion calendar is received in, uh, to provide feedback. Having said that, we're ready to move on to item three. Item three is the Florin Road Pavement Rehabilitation Project. The location is District Five. It's represented by Council Member Maple, District Eight represented by council member Vang. This item is also received in file and Mr. Gotham will be presenting. Uh, just for, uh, for notice before Mr. Gotham speaks, uh, for the public and for commissioners to individually respond, uh, William Shunk is the senior engineer. Phone number is 916-808-2986 and the email is w S is in Sam, H, U, N, K, N is in Nancy, K's in Kite, so that's W, S, H, U, N, K at cityofsacramento.org, and also listed is uh, Mr. Gotham. Uh, whenever you're ready, thank you. So thank you, Chair Crowley. So um, Bill Shunk had a 
uh, community meeting he, he, had, he was requested to be at by the uh, city manager's office, so I am pinch hitting for him. I did want to give you an overview, though it was his desire and mine, to give you an overview of all the work we've been doing on Florin Road. And I know there's been presentations on individual projects on Florin Road over the past uh, year. And so I wanted to give you a bit of a status update on those and also talk about the project here at hand and then also mention what's, uh, what's coming down the pipeline for Florin Road. So Florin Road was part of the Vision Zero Action Plan that identified five corridors for investment. And these were corridors that had a history of collision similar to what we were talking about earlier with the HSIP projects. But these were long arterial roadways about a mile in length where there were um, more pedestrian, bicycle, vehic vehicular, uh, either serious injury or um, deaths on the roadway. And the city used this, this Vision Zero Action Plan to guide investment. So this is an update on what we are, have been investing in on Florin and what we are planning to and what's currently going to construction. So that gives you a bit of the, um, the limits. It's near Luther Burbank High School and the RT stop. It's in, um, just to give you the orientation of where we're at. These lines and these circles represent different um, uh, scope elements. So giving a bird's eye view of, of what we're looking at. The first project that I wanted to review is this HSIP 8 Florin Road project. So once again, like we mentioned with HSIP 10, um, HSIP 8, I believe, came out in 2016-17, um, around that time frame. The city was very successful in programming um, several million dollars uh, for highway safety improvement projects uh, through Caltrans. The goal of this project is to convert the signal heads to the current design standard. Uh, pedestrians uh, remove them out of the median islands and um, put them on the mast arms. Update the traffic signal heads to address rear end and broadside crashes occurring along the corridor. But also, this project upgraded um, the uh, curb ramps and provided um, bus stops that met accessibility standards. This is a close-up view of the plans. I think Commissioner Mercer mentioned how difficult it can be at looking at construction plans. So here is an example of a PowerPoint. And uh, one of our engineers, um, Adam Randolph, I believe, put this together in one of his previous presentations. But it shows the types of improvements that we're doing at all of the, these, at all of the intersections along uh, Florin. So Florin has these unique residential frontage roads that also double as bus stops that were too narrow, really, for accessibility compliance. So we uh, secured additional funds. We partnered the HSIP funds with SACOG funds, something we have not done in the past. But we worked with SACOG to position those funds so that we could not only take care of the signals and the mast arms and upgrade them to current standards for drivers, but to um, put in the um, necessary ADA accessibility um, improvements that also benefit the transit stops. 
So the HSET projects focused on the eastern side, and the Vision Zero is like this western side coming from 24th Street. And the project, the Florin Road project, is a, is a paving rehabilitation project, the first phase of it. So the Vision Zero improvements, there's, when putting in the standard lane widths, we can provide city standard, for the most part, city standard bike lane widths, put in buffers, and improve uh, the curb ramps. This project we just received bids on. Typically, like a roadway maintenance project wouldn't come to a commission, but I just thought it'd be interesting for the commission to see that when we do a roadway uh, pavement maintenance project, we also take care of all the curb ramps. And so I believe there's, I have to get the number right, but I think there's close to 24 different curb ramps we're doing on this. I should verify that. Okay, Florin HZIP 89 has 26 new ADA compliant ramps, five new ADA compliant bus stops. So that was the one I previously mentioned. This one is similar in scale. Um, so bringing up the accessibility standards at each of these um, intersections. So this is the maintenance project. This is going to construction. Bill is gonna award this construction contract at council this fall and it will be in construction next year. But in the meantime, in the future, our, one of our engineers is gonna bring forward what's called the Florin Vision Zero Safety Project. And so that will be looking at closing sidewalk, gap closures, installing new pedestrian crossings. So that'll be a really exciting one, I think, for the commission to review. So if you want additional info, I would encourage you to contact either myself or I put Bill's contact information up here. But that is, and I believe I included the construction plans in the staff report, which are probably a little dizzying. But uh, I think to Commissioner Mercer's point earlier, I think you requested the PowerPoints. That is something I can easily provide. Um, so I apologize after last meeting, I don't think I followed up with that. But um, the PowerPoints are something we can provide. Anyway, with that, that concludes my presentation. Thank you. Are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item, who are in chambers? As I mentioned, those who are listening to the broadcast or any commissioners uh, can contact William Shunk directly at the phone number and email given. Are there any commissioners, or clerk, I'm sorry. I, ran, I knew the answer and I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, no, I have no speaker slips. Thank you, Vice Chair. Mm -hmm. Any commissioners who would like to speak on this item? Commissioner Crespi. Thank you, Vice Chair Crawley. And um, thank you, Jesse Gotham, for your presentation. It's great to see you <laughs> participating in multiple ways. Uh, one of the first things I noticed about this project is that it's in District 8, which is my home district. Um, partially, it's also in District 5 as well. I also noticed when I drove it on Friday afternoon, I drove the area, that it does connect with the Franklin project that we talked about in September. Yeah. So that was really exciting to actually see the connection and the comprehension between the two projects and see some of the things coming together in the city that we get to hear in puzzle pieces, basically. 
Um, I also wanted to thank you for the project plans. I do agree with Commissioner Mercer. We need, it, it would be wonderful to be able to get some of this in advance to be able to digest it, but also there are many people that do appreciate the details and thank you for including those. I think those are helpful as well. If people don't wanna look at them, they don't have to, but if they want to answer some of their questions in advance about the design and the engineering, it's there, so I think that's great. So I did mention that I drove this area on Friday. Um, as I drove in the afternoon, it was a really busy time, um, late afternoon, early evening, right as I entered the area. So I'm, I'm on Florin traveling east. Just as I passed 24th Street, I immediately saw, and this was um, before Woodbrine Avenue, I immediately saw um, a mature gentleman on a four-wheel mo mobility scooter um, cr trying to cross Florin outside of the intersection where there would have been a protected signal. And I thought that was interesting that immediately, you know, I'm seeing the dangers in the area. As I started to drive the project area, I noticed that the, there were many utility poles in the sidewalks. Uh, the sidewalks are extremely narrow. So I'm not sure if he could have even turned around had he committed to being on the sidewalk. I'm not even sure he could his scooter could have done the 180. I'm certain a trike couldn't have done it. Uh, I also noticed there were very steep curb, curbs to the road, also steep curbs in the driveway. Um, and then there was an uncovered bus stop bench sitting in the sidewalk. Like there wasn't even, you know, it wasn't covered, which is part. And then the other part is it was actually in the sidewalk. So I just want to underscore the need for this project. And I think it's um, great that it's being prioritized and going to be happening soon. A similar comment to what I made about the other, you know, the language in, in the other proposal and, and what I would, would like to see and what I advise in, it seems to be a habit to say walking or biking and I think it's a habit that we need to break. So again, um, under the issue detail, the third or fourth line, it does say um, that some of these severe or fatal injuries, eight of which involved a person walking or biking, I'm wondering if, are we using those synonymous for scooting, um, wheelchairs, I just, I don't know, but that would be important to me and our commission likely. And then, um, you know, again, the, the overuse of the word pedestrian, I was just trying to Google what other n words that we could come up with. Um, I would like to invite the public to join us in future meetings. Um, can we call in an um, attorney? But we can't even call in. So there's no Zoom, there's no call. Okay, so yeah, that's, um, we're gonna have very limited, uh, maybe even no comments in, with that situation, which I know we're going to be addressing. If we could get some input on what else can we use besides the word pedestrian, it, it is, all I got was walking, you know, when I tried to look it up. Did you, earlier you said, I think you said walking, biking, and rolling, or integrated yeah, so, mobility? Um, so it could be, um, could be walking, biking, and those are always, they're always called out, they don't need special mention. We have strolling. Rolling. Rolling. Scooting, um, and I, I would invite commissioners if you want to make comments to um, other other options. We could also use integrated, inclusive, vibrant communities where, you know, we can we can show. 
Um, it's important to also underscore that sometimes people have an aid. Sometimes um, people have uh, support, another type of adaptive support, like, like a dog. There's a lot of different ways that we're accessing and mobilizing throughout the city. And I think it's just, it's the least we can do is in printed materials to represent our city. Um, let's see, so there's that. Let's see if there's anything else. Um, you know, and then again in the, you know what, actually I'll say in the policy considerations, in the third line it does say safe and convenient travel for all users, which is great. And then it defaults back to pedestrians again, <laughs> the very, very next sentence. And then under sustainability, again, the health of residents promoting walking and bicycling. We want to promote the health of all residents. Yeah. And I'm talking more about physical disabilities, but we, we have all kinds of disabilities in our community. Um, there's disabilities that can't be seen. There's intellectual developmental disabilities. There's uh, mental health disabilities, learning disabilities. There's lots of, um, there's lots of different people dealing with different challenges. Um, so, so even if you can access the wording on the signs or the bus stops or things like that, you still may need some, some sort of interpretation to be able to act on that in a safe and healthy way. So thank you for um, listening to my comments. Commissioner Mercer. Thank you. Um, going over and dovetailing over on um, Commissioner Crespin's uh, comments. Uh, there is a term that's used, uh, but a lot of people don't know it includes it, active transportation, which is supposed to include the variety of ways without motor vehicles or I guess even EV vehicles, you know, large vehicles. But I think a lot of people don't realize because it gets shorthanded to peds and bikes. And so what I would task the staff with, especially when they're presenting to us, that as much as possible if there's like not throughout the entire document but maybe at one point in the document go over and list the different transportation forms of um, perambulating uh, transporting oneself and getting along over in the sidewalk um, that people are doing and then um, but I think if people understood what active transportation was and we knew what the true meaning of it was and then over when the city is doing things um, going over and including inclusive pic, uh, pictures and um, and illustrations would probably help as well. But I am I, I think I'm correct that that's kind of the term that's used. Um, I just experienced it secondhand through Terry when he was doing work at the beginnings of what the city was doing with that. Commissioner Boyd, Tucson Boyd. Yes, yeah, so I would. Um point you to your colleague, JDW. Um, she's really great at including inclusive language and imagery in her presentations to the commission. And um, I think that would meet all of the suggestions that the other commissioners have made. Mr. Gotham, just for the record, uh, do you know who JW is? And yes. can you state the, the staff person's name and position? Do you yeah, know? So Jennifer Dolan Wyatt is a transportation manager in our transportation division, and she oversees our planning. So yeah, I work with her frequently. So for uh, the correct uh, descriptive language, active transportation did come to mind. Active modes um, used to be alternate modes as alternative to a motor vehicle. But yeah, no, I understand. Thank you. 
Are there any other commissioner comments? So thank you for the presentation. All right. This, uh, seeing no other comments, this item is received and file. No vote is required. So we will mo move on to the next item, which is the commission. So this is a new item. I just want to premise this. This is a new item, a new item so that uh, our staff, who is Mr. Gotham, has a oral report before we go into our commissioner reports so that we have some balanced communication. Um, so unless you wanted to, uh, because you just spoke, do you feel prepared to give your oral comments? Other Okay, very good. Oh, thank you. I thought I would add this to you know, give an opportunity to follow up on just what the division has been up to, uh, similar to some of the discussion I heard earlier, like, you know, feedback that comes to, goes to James and then what, you know, these projects do go to construction at some point, so I, I did want to have the opportunity to update the commission on just projects that are where they're at in the project delivery and also just any any news that I thought might be relevant. Um, our, we had a ribbon cutting for our South Sacramento Parkway West project um, last Friday. You, you may have uh, heard about that, but that project was in um, project delivery for many years. It was delayed by the Caltrans um, I-5 maintenance project for like three years before we could get that encroachment permit. But it's a it's a key, it's a trail connection project. Um, it's about, I think it's like 0.6 miles, but it's a key connection, overcomes a lot of barriers. Our Del Rio Trail project is almost finished with its paving. It installed a new active modes bridge, I almost said ped biking. Rolling bridge, um, integrated mobility bridge, uh, and it goes over Riverside and I-5. So it's currently just waiting on its signal equipment, and there's a, a smaller prefabricated bridge. It's a five-mile corridor. Uh, we had a ribbon cutting this morning for our downtown mobility project on 19th and 21st. This is a um, putting in the protected bike lanes uh, downtown. So a portion of that was uh, funded by the ACE line, uh, um, the uh, commute rail line received grant funds that uh, the city used to um, implement that project, but that was this morning. On September 26th, uh, we awarded our Alhambra Audible Signals project was awarded. So that one came before to this commission. It's eight intersections on Alhambra Boulevard from J Street to S. Um, and it's looking at a possible second phase, but it's putting in the audible detection, which I know is a comment. Um, so that project um, has advanced. And let's see. Our downtown mobility, so going back to the ribbon cutting that happened this morning for 19th and 21st, it includes several blocks in downtown and it's installing over 250 curb ramp replacements as well as crossing improvements, uh, including uh, bulb outs and turn wedges. Um, so anyway, and let's see. 
That's all I had. And oh, one last item. Uh, there was a request from Regional Transit for staff to work on a presentation that was given by FTA about at-grade crossings. So I'm gonna be reaching out to Regional Transit and looking at um, crosswalks, at-grade crossings of um, heavy rail, which can be, can be an issue. So there's some guidance that was put out, I guess, by FTA on that. So we'll coordinate on that. And then I know uh, Women in Transportation Symposium reached out for a guest speaker, and I think it's a commissioner that was going to uh, be part of that panel. So anyway, that's all I have. Thank you. Thank you. Just to clarify, who was the commissioner? Uh, oh, we'll get it in commissioner reports. Okay. Uh, so having said that, uh, I wanted to take this opportunity to um, how I like to do it is now that there's this additional staff report, I'm going to give my comments as to how we're summarizing as the uh, vice chair for this meeting, the things that I heard for ideas and questions, and then I'd like to just call on everyone uh, just as I identified for those who are watching the broadcast because uh, you can't see what we're doing and there's any question about these yellow papers that I'm circulating. It had to do with not to disrupt the speaker, but who is the person in the room and what are other things. Um, so all of that is very transparent. Uh, I gave a note to Commissioner Chan because we're on the same committee together to make sure she makes a comment. And I was asking the clerk, uh, and I never had a chance to identify, there is a lovely person on staff who is uh, uh, below uh, attorney verdict. And her first name is Melanie. And could you please share with, with us uh, who are you and what are you doing there? Of course. My name is Melanie Hagee. I work for the city clerk's office, and I am tagging the meeting. It's a part of what the city clerk does. The tagging of the meeting, yes. meaning uh, tagging the broadcast and how we're... And the speakers, who's speaking when and when, and when we change from one agenda item to the next. Very good. Thank you. And then just to clarify, because there was a late start and a little bit of confusion and some concern. And clerk, can you please identify yourself again and how uh, Ms. Melanie's role is different from yours? Of course. My name is Rosanna Montesinos. I also work for the city clerk's office. When I'm clerking the meeting, I am helping assist you in the flow of things. And also, I will follow up the minutes. And we do action minutes on that. And can you define action minutes, please? Sure. It's more of a decision-making can you hear me okay? Decision making. So I'll capture what was the ultimate decision and not so much the discussion. And so I just wanted everyone on the commission and those watching and those um, participating in person, you might have heard different things related to it. So we all have the same definition going into the next meeting. And I encourage everyone who made comments, uh, not to forget, not, not just comments, but we are citizens here and we are volunteers. So uh, we have been reinforced by a very expensive and uh, a technology investment of the city to hear firsthand from our constituents and ourselves as members of the public, uh, not during meetings, but uh, in our lives, as Commissioner Mercer and others have said, um, how do I con connect? Uh, recall that 311 is the data gathering system of our city. So besides the individual and personal emails to the staff made available to the public targeting a certain idea or question that the public may have that we may not be prepared to represent. We all as individuals can use the 311 and it's on our um, 
log, and it's been in our discussion, to seek from the city that data. So it's only as effective as if we use that data. Uh, the second thing is uh, the districts represented are in the agenda. So I wanted to make known to the public as well, who uh, at least those who are in chambers with us, uh, for the highway safety improvement from Mr. Craig, District 2, District 4, and District 5 are represented. So commissioners, uh, if your rep district is represented, then I would hope that you have comments uh, targeting something either at this meeting, the next meeting, or directly with the staff that presented. And for uh, Mr. Gotham's presentation on behalf of uh, Mr. Shunk, District 5 and District 8 were represented. So I just wanted to highlight that there are multiple ways in which we are participating directly so that the public as well as staff and the council and ourselves can review these recordings uh, as cumbersome as it may seem. Uh, it's only cumbersome if you... Uh, don't uh, have a concern with something, then why would you do it? But if there is a concern, then it's a very effective way to organize thoughts. And I just wanted to let everyone know uh, who's participating uh, outside of chambers and in that I'm available to help uh, communicate those things to our staff so that it gets to the city in an effective manner. Also, we did have a, a late start, but that doesn't affect uh, uh, it did not take away from the items that we were to discuss today. And uh, I've done my best in order to find alternatives on short notice, how to communicate uh, with the public who might have been expecting a Zoom or a phone option. So I leave it to all of us to uh, reach out and make ourselves available. And also to remember that uh, our council members are public figures and they also have social media. And I don't know the policy nor am I gonna discuss about it for us, but we represent that district that then has a public figure. So uh, aside from putting our staff on the spot who really need to filter their project-related discussions, the larger items can of course go directly to our um, council member and their chief of staff. And they, for things like uh, community events, uh, we are all representing those districts. And uh, clerk, if I could just defer, we have uh, talked about the quorum at the beginning of the meeting. Are there empty? Are there any empty seats remaining for our DAC, or are are we well? Uh, is there any as appointments that we are we are intending council to assign or appoint? I would have to look into that to confirm. I believe not, but I would like to confirm. And uh, yes, uh, Attorney Burdick. Sorry, let me just look at your code section. This is a 10-member commission, right? 10, yeah. For ideas, questions, comments. Sorry, in terms of your, your question, I believe you have seven. The top of your agenda has seven, so you have three vacancies, correct? Top of, the top of the print agenda, not the... If you click the print agenda like the staff report, on the top left, it lists the seven members who are currently on your commission, so you have three vacancies. There's a set, correct, to Attorney Burdick's point, there's seven listed, and we are aware today that we're joined by Commissioner Lim, so that makes it eight. And are you saying, Attorney Burdick, that that leaves two open seats? We're a nine-member commission. We're a nine-member commission, so nine. that leaves one. Yes. Thank so you, Commissioner so, no, Tucson You have two vacancies. So on the, on the top of the clerk's agenda, there are seven names. I believe Commissioner Lim is, I assume, listed. 
Oh, I see. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Okay, just to clarify. Sorry for the confusion. Yes. Yeah, so just to clarify, uh, everyone in the public uh, in chambers, you'll notice on the top left uh, of the first page of the agenda, Commissioner's limb is omitted, but this was his first meeting. And what we're clarifying is that there's one vacant seat. Uh, and so just to continue to advocate among our communities that that's available, I wanted to uh, mention that as well. Uh, and then lastly, and I apologize if I'm repeating this part, uh, it would be prudent, and I'll take it upon myself to talk to Chair McMillan and Mr. Gotham as well, uh, we should know outside of our district, district where the zones are because we do see many maps, and I thought it was very prudent that we had a loss of discussion, effective discussion with staff in front of us because we weren't prepared as a commission. Uh, it wasn't just um, whoever it was. I think it might have been uh, Commissioner Tucson Boyd. I don't know with the rezoning either where the maps lie, and that's a very important visual tool as we want to make ourselves effective to our districts and then as a whole. So that's something that um, I'll work on. And, uh, with, and those are my comments. I wanted to welcome uh, Commissioner Lim. And if it's okay with you, as I said, the way I'd like to run the commissioner comments is um, to just call you all by name so that I have, I have known that you had the opportunity if you wanted to share. And I just wanted to have uh, Commissioner Lim introduce himself uh, at least and give us a little bit of information and it's wonderful for you to join us. Well, you know my name. Um, I'm in a unique position. 40 years ago, I drafted most of ADA language. And then I was appointed by Mayor Rudin for um, consult, Board of Supervisors. So I've represented the disabled and elderly back in the late 70s and early 80s. We were part of an independent living center association up and down California that served disabled and elderly folks. And so when we, they started running legislation, we call it the disability rights movement. Because I was in Sacramento, I became the legislative advocate for the disabled in the state. So I testified many, many times in all the policy committees, and that's when Jerry Brown pulled me, says, hey, you're going to be a gubernatorial appointee and provide him at the governor's level input. Um, I also was a second gubernatorial appointee under G George Duke Magian, acting as an advocate for the development disabled through the state council on DD. So I had the privilege of becoming a member of the drafting committees on pretty much everything. We were the first in the world to have curb cuts. We were the first to have the yellow bumps. And there's a story to that. After we did all the curb cuts, chairs, strollers, walkers, it was cool. But the blind, visually impaired, were walking out in front of traffic. So we experimented with the yellow dots. And they worked because they could feel them before they crossed. We put out outreach. We told them we're doing blah, blah, blah. So after doing advocating for the disabled and crafting legislation, I left that movement for something on a totally different scale. 
I started working for pharmaceutical companies. And I was uh, the lobbyist, well, government affairs for GlaxoSmithKline when they were here in the early 80s. So I've traveled through private sector, public sector, federal level, private, and I came back. The pharmaceutical industry was just brutal. So I came back and I got a position running statewide foster care and adoptions. And then I retired. I've been retired for the last 15 years. Didn't think I'd be doing this. But I felt what a unique opportunity for me to be, I've been called the grandfather of ADA, but I'm the last living person who's had this experience. So I thought, hmm, would I be an asset to this committee? I'm not sure, but I have a lot of different insight and experience. And, um, oh, we had st a state law on the books five years before ADA was signed by H.W. Bush in the fall of 78 or um, <clears throat> 89. So they used what California had done, watered it down to pass mustard throughout the country, and now we have ADA. And then I had someone ask me, why did you have lawyers checking on small businesses? I go, that was so far beyond what we were trying to do. We just want to know, hey, how do we cut this curb up? Get a wheelchair down without them tipping over. It was, it was rough back then, but you can see how a lot of amendments and commissions like this. So I'm honored and privileged to be here, kind of like look, looking back. But now I'm just moving forward with this commission. So once again, I appreciate the opportunity to be here and I hope I can contribute to the advancements of persons with disabilities and impairments. Thank you for Commissioner Lynn, welcome. Thank you. And then in order of how we took a role, Commissioner Chand, did you have any? Yes, so I just wanted to give everybody an update um, regarding the City of Sacramento community development um, vehicle and bicycling that Commissioner Crawley and I are a part of. Our first meeting of four will be held on October 12th. Um, so we will um, do a Zoom, virtual Zoom with that one and be discussing, I think it's two groups and I am the non-residential group and Commissioner Crawley is in the residential group. So we'll see how that goes. That's the first of four meetings. So that'll be the first one. Thank you. Commissioner Crispian. Thank you, Vice Chair, and uh, what a privilege it is to have you on the commission, Commissioner Lynn. This is very exciting. Thank you for your introduction. Um, I'm going to try something that I was inspired to do in a Disability Rights California meeting, and it's an inclusive way of describing myself. So my pronouns are she and her. I am a woman in my early 50s with my hair down today. It's past my shoulders, brown hair. I'm wearing a navy blue blazer um, with some stripes on it. And um, I'm here to make some comments. Uh, one is a, this month is actually National Disability Employment Awareness Month. Uh, I've heard it referred to as NDEAM, so the acronym. 
Every October, uh, we commemorate the many contributions of people with disabilities to America's workplaces and economy. And the theme for 2023 is advancing access and equity. And if you want to know more, this is a national Awareness Month theme, and you can go to the U.S. Department of Labor's website for their key messages and President Biden's uh, message as well. I wanted to give a shout out to the city. Separately, I was looking at their Streets for People Sacramento Active Transportation Plan. It's on the city website. I did see that they included the word rolling about the project, so I wanted to say thank you for that. I wanted to point out that the public can get involved by going to the city website and um, also you can join the mailing list for project updates and there are all kinds of great workshops and um, opportunities to see the different, it started in August actually, to see the different projects that are happening. Um, again, I would say upcoming community walking workshop. I think uh, we've made that point tonight. Um, separately, city, the City of Sacramento Access Leisure Program has, is very excited to bring back the Hangout, and this is the Free Social Recreation Program for Teens with Disabilities. That's ages 13 to 22, and it's every Tuesday and Thursday. If you go and talk to some of the staff, they'll tell you that this program was um, robust and vital a couple of years ago. There were some funding challenges and now it's back. So that is Tuesdays and Thursdays in the Southside Clubhouse in Sacramento. So go to the city's website if you want to check that out. Also want to share that the Mind Institute at UC Davis Health Center for Excellence in Developmental Disabilities has a bunch of really important workshops. Um, they always do, but there are some virtual meeting dates in 2023. They've also laid out all of their dates for 2024, in particular for a group, and I'll just read it. Join a network of parents, caregivers, and providers of black, neurodivergent, and physically disabled children. Our mission is to hold space and provide culturally sensitive information for families and providers and to increase advocacy and decrease disparities for black children. So check it out, UC Davis Health Mind Institute. Um, and then also, Disability Rights California is having their second annual gala, and it is a fundraiser. The, um, the page is open on the website under Disability Rights California, sponsorship opportunities as well. The gala is on February 28th of 2024. I encourage you to go check out what they did last year. There's a lot of exciting music, performances, um, representatives from the community and the government that came out and looked like a really good time. Also, there's two workshops coming up. Supported Life is having their 37th annual conference, and it's going to be in Sacramento. It's later this month, October 26th and 27th. There is a fee. Uh, the regional center will reimburse clients for um, a workshop like this. So if you have questions about whether or not you could be reimbursed, reach out to your service coordinator if you are a regional center client. Uh, the 
uh, theme this year is inspiring unity through common goals and creativity, empowering all people with developmental disabilities to be fully included in the community. They have a great lineup, two days of speakers, and they also have vendors that are out doing giveaways and interacting with the community. And there's one more conference I wanted to share, Disability Voices United, November 3rd. There's a day-long virtual conference, also a fee, that you can reach out to your service coordinator if you're a regional center client. It, it can be reimbursed uh, if you qualify. And this is a conference on the self-determination program. Our future, our fight is this year's theme. And then um, I also wanted to share, if you are a state employee, CalHR has a class entitled Disability Awareness and Etiquette, and it's given by the Department of Rehabilitation. I actually took one this morning, but it is, they, they do repeat it, so I highly recommend that class. I thought it was great. I actually learned quite a bit. Um, and with that, I will um, close my comments. Thank you, Vice Chair. Thank you. Commissioner Kramer. Sorry. Uh, yes. Um, hello, I am Commissioner Kramer. I am one of the newer mem members of the DA DAC. I was brought on earlier th this year. Um, as for my, my purpose, I'm hoping to make sure that the city of Sacramento is is um, livable for people with, not, with, with disabilities because I'm... Um, it doesn't matter, disabilities can affect anyone at any any time. It doesn't matter where you come from what, or like, you know, who, who you are or anything like that. Thank you. Commissioner Mercer. Thank you. I want to um, thank Vice Chair Crowley for acting as chair for our meeting um, and seeking to find clarity in our discussions. Um, I however, have an ongoing concern about how the business of this commission is being handled. I'm looking at the last meeting minutes for September, which were under discussion at the beginning in which Commissioner Tuzan Boyd noted the August minutes had not been approved. And looking at those minutes in September, which we also didn't approve, it said passed motion to adopt the consent calendar as amended in one motion except as indicated at each item. I'm remem remembering that that as amended was the very issue with the follow-up log that I and Commissioner Tuzan Boyd brought up tonight, which is still not resolved. Although I've not finished my first year at, here as a commissioner, I've attended enough public body meetings to get the feeling that many of the processes that I'm experiencing here are rather opaque. First, the timeline for the annual report was not clearly communicated to us as commissioners. We should have had like written, this is what our timeline is, or a PowerPoint. Um, until tonight, when Vice Chair and Acting Chair Crowley said that we would be aiming to get the report out by January. When it was first discussed, I was under the impression that this would be happening on a quicker timeline. We were supposed to be one of the first commissions to complete this. Obviously, we have not. Um, but Active Transportation Commission has already started to present theirs, and we're still in the draft stage within our commission. Um, in addition, I feel like Brown Act constraints are being used in a way that's a hindrance to public discussion 
and feel the entire process for getting this report out next time needs some serious rethinking. To wit, one, a calendar with a timeline for production of the report should be set at the start of the year, even if we're still finishing up this report, okay? The Act of Transportation Commission had some very specific and clearly stated ask of the city, like asking for a dashboard. And I think there are some things that we'd probably like to think about doing over in our um, next report. Um, and the drafting by staff, quite frankly, does not work for this project. The language in the ATC report is much more active, frankly abdicates for specific policy and programs. Um, and rather than having a staff draft, I'd recommend that we either do small working groups, thereby keeping any of the discussion within Brand Act guidelines and then presenting it publicly, or an alternative would be to set aside commission meeting time to discuss this or specific meetings to discuss it, like having working group meetings to govern and discuss it, because we've spent a lot of time in the last two meetings going back and forth about the consent calendar, when really much of this is an attempt to be having a much more fruitful public discussion. I know that you are passionate, all of us on the commission are passionate about these issues. I've been quite moved by the comments from all of you at various points over at this commission. Um, and uh, I, I know our hearts are in the right place. I just want to get us steered in the right direction. Thank you. Commissioner Tucson Boyd. Uh, just a really quick, I have a lot to say, I'm sure that's surprising, but a quick point on Commissioner Mercer's comments. Um, council has eliminated the um, commissions and advisory committee and board's ability to have ad hoc meetings, but that doesn't preclude special meetings, and I just wanted to confirm that with council. What do you mean by special meetings? Like holding a meeting out of cycle if 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 the commissioners were in agreement to, to have a special meeting to discuss, say, our annual report. Yes, you are talking about a special meeting under the Brown Act, how that term is yes. used. Yes, you can still do that. You would need to schedule it with the clerks, but yes, that is still available. Thank you. I think that was um, one of the things that was discussed when st a city staff was presenting that change in eliminating ad hoc meetings that would require um, you know, another meeting on the calendar and scheduling with the clerk's office, but that is an option. Um, the PP&E did approve two new commissioners, and there is a nameplate for Ms. Um, Hubbard. I wanted to find out um, because she did not uh, present at either of the meetings where uh, her application was reviewed, and this most recent one where she was approved. Has any contact been made with, with her? I'd have to look into that. I'm, I apologize. Okay. Um, but I will look into that and get back to um, staff on that. Yeah, so that, that I think that's a, a good question to get answered as soon as possible and get back to Mr. Gothen. And um, if no actual contact has been made with this approved commissioner, then to reopen the application period so that we um, have an opportunity to fill that seat. Um, as staff mentioned, the Women in Transportation Sacramento branch has invited um, myself to be a panelist at their luncheon this month, which recognizes Disability Employment Awareness Month. That is going to be held on October 20th 
and information will be posted on their website um, should anybody want to join. Um, I will be speaking as an advocate um, and talking about what we do here at the DAC. Um, another reminder that um, Pride Industries, where our chair works, is having a I Am Able job fair on October 18th out at McClellan. Um, that information is available on the Pride website. And I also wanted to share um, that uh, the that a new um, Affinity Bar Association, Disability Inclusivity Bar Association of Sacramento is launching this month. Um, the inaugural event will be Monday at Cafeteria 15L. If you want more information, you can speak to me after the meeting. It would be great to have other folks there. Um, I don't know if anybody else caught this in all of our discussion about the follow-up log, but um, under City Projects informational presentations, we had the wayfinding policy, and uh, city staff at the time that we uh, first asked for it to be added to the log by Commissioner Fink in 2022 told us that there was no wayfinding policy and that they needed to uh, get back to us. Uh, the log has been updated saying that there is a policy available online with a URL. So, um, you know, that's not the same thing as getting a presentation. So I'm not really sure what, whether that will be presented to us or if this will now fall off of the, the log. Um, it is concerning that, th that um, items are not being placed on the log or remaining on the log and being taken off without discussion and agreement by uh, commissioners. Uh, and that's been covered a couple times already, but it's worth noting. Um, Commissioner Mercer did speak to the Active Transportation Commission's um, annual report, which I did mention at the last meeting. I know our initial feedback was that we wanted something more robust. But I do want to share, you know, um, the difference between three partial pages and eight full pages um, from the Active Transportation Commission in their report. Um, if possible, I would like to uh, forward this to staff and ask that it be sent to all of the commissioners to look at so that they can see what our peers on the Active Transportation Commission uh, put together. Um, there are some similarities, but they go in detail for each meeting in 2022, what they discussed. And um, as Commissioner Mercer said, their um, recommendations are quite lengthy. Um, and I think that's our opportunity to share some of the things that we've discussed. I mean, throughout the years, not just in 2022, bring those issues forward to council. This is our opportunity to share with council our, our work and where we, um, would like to see improvements in our city. Um, let me make sure I don't miss anything. So I um, welcome uh, Mr. Gotham as our staff person. I know this is, I think, your one and a half. You were kind of tag teaming it with um, Phil at our last meeting. And I appreciate that we have you on board, but um, he is also our fifth staff member in less than three years as a commission. And each time our staff changes, 
they have a steep learning curve to one, get to know us, get to know what our passions and our goals and our styles are like, to learn how to navigate just this meeting process um, and how to work with the clerk's office on agendas. And, you know, I just want to voice my concern that one, we've had such a high rate of turnover where other commissions do not. And two, that that onboarding process um, for our staff um, seems like it could use some more support so that when they are joining us, they are confident in working on the agendas and helping navigate our meetings. And, um, you know, we should all be equal partners here at the dais. And I think it's hard for new commissioners to come on board and probably even harder for staff because they have another job in addition to the work that they're doing with us here. Um, and I'd like to make it enjoyable for them and <laughs> hopefully, you know, uh, uh, a good collaboration. Um, and then um, finally, I know it has already been mentioned, but it is abhorrent that our commission was not notified that Zoom would no longer be an option for members of our community to participate in our meetings. Um, we were given no notice. Um, live meeting, the meetings are live streamed, but they are not captioned. And that was an issue um, that we raised a meeting accessibility in um, February 2022. And um, city staff's response to us after we sent a memo to city council, the city manager, and all, um, and the mayor that the captioning on Zoom satisfied that requirement, although we did have a representative from the Department of Rehab that made it clear that AI-generated captions on Zoom are not ADA-compliant because they do not understand accents, uh, certain words, people's names. Um, so we've basically gone back in time, as far as I'm concerned. And as a Disability Advisory Commission to the City of Sacramento, I believe our meetings if nothing else, should be live captioned so that they are accessible to all in our city. Um, I do also think there should be a call-in option, whether it's by phone or Zoom, so that members of our community who may not have the ability to get here but wish to participate and make public comment can do so live. Um, E-comment is available, but that is based on agenda items. It's not part of our discussion here. Um, so if somebody has uh, a comment based on a presentation that's made live, which as, as was stated by um, a couple of commissioners, we don't have those slideshows available to even us before the meetings, um, or has a response to something that a commissioner has said, um, they don't really have that option. It used to be that um, the clerk's office provided e-comments to the commissioners um, prior to the meetings, uh, but that is no longer the practice. So even were somebody to submit an e-comment, it is uh, upon us as commissioners to go look at e-comments and see what was uh, submitted that's not given to us. Um, yeah, I, I just really hope that um, 
that message gets across. We're not accessible. This is an issue. We need to be the, the you know, we talk about being a diverse, inclusive, equitable city and um, disability rights and advocacy always is last in our use of language and here in our public meetings. So um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so I thank everyone for entertaining the way that I wanted to have everyone be able to speak in the commissioner comments. The summary of our ideas and questions, uh, there was about uh, 10 or 12 of them. Uh, the distribution of our district maps uh, when we meet, uh, the uh, notice of uh, the meeting minutes of August, September, and this meeting, to uh, discuss at the next meeting and to be agendized to have that public discussion to reduce that opaque uh, opaqueness that uh, seems to be uh, unintentional but is what we're experiencing. Uh, comments about active transportation as a constituent uh, or comparable commission acting in the same different role or different roles but acting in the same way that we would be expected to advise the commission and to, to um, distribute that uh, sample for us to have a lively and efficient discussion uh, when it's available to all of us and Commissioner Boyd I believe uh, we'll forward that to Mr. Gotham uh, that it should be known uh, in the in the archives that when those ad hoc meetings were removed that there was confirmation tonight that in our discussion if this is something that the commissioners want to pursue uh, that we'll explore what it is to have a meeting out of our cycle or regular agenda so when we all came on commission there is a city presented our uh, calendar and there's a process that uh, is available uh, if our Commission needs to uh, there's concern especially between the last uh, it's more of a question related to um, a very contentious topic about our seats having one empty uh, when essentially there's two because uh, Commissioner Hubbard uh, has not been present for the last two and we have two uh, commissioners who According to what I read in Ordinance 2001-05, Section 1, related to the vacancies, uh, it needs to be clarified. And so we need to understand if Commissioner Hubbard has been communicated with, uh, has decided not to join, and during the interim, uh, that defaults then to the two commissioners who otherwise would or should uh, if they wanted to, remained on the commission in their seats so they would have had district representation. The sixth thing was the wayfinding policy online to have that available to the commissioners uh, in hard copy. Uh, uh, being aware of how we can support the staff, and I believe we demonstrated that today uh, by at least acknowledging it's a lot to take in for someone that spent a lot of time doing the presentation and then to have to, uh, it's not realistic uh, and we can support the staff members when they make presentations with our comments in a more effective process as well as the onboarding process. Uh, and along those lines, we don't have an organizational chart uh, like we do uh, what I used in front of me to make it accessible to all of us. 
uh, how the uh, representatives of different departments fall in line to a communication so that we can go specific to a presentation and give our comments as individuals uh, without having to extend meeting time. Uh, so there is no uh, support that we can give because we don't know who to support. Uh, the, and it was mentioned at the beginning uh, and we've mentioned throughout that having a notice of meeting change for our purposes, we can only do so much. But there is public notice and what was being uh, commented on during commissioner comments is that uh, what is being proposed to the public does not express all of it. So I just wanted to make notice for those in, ch in, uh, in the meeting in person. Notice that the first three things identify what our concerns are, but to the public, um, it's not accessible. The staff reports are available on the website. The legislative body meetings are online. And if anyone wanted to submit written comments, it is via e-comment and it's listed there. But there was some discussion tonight and we'll follow up again next week so that we can have a more, uh, rather than interpreting our procedure and process, that we have uniformity and as the uh, as the city manager has made different presentations, the city is up is uh, revamping the way that we all have access and to standardize. So there is some growing pains in order to standardize our communications, and we want to have an active role because we are the, we are representing the marginalized constituents. And as we've always said, we're going to stick to our specialty areas. I thank you, uh, all the commissioners. Uh, this is one last opportunity to give final comments uh, from the commissioner's side before I move on to public comments. Thank you, Vice Chair. Just a very quick follow-up um, regarding Commissioner Hubbard and their absence. Um, I wanted to advise the staff if we are communicating with potential or new commissioners only by email, please make a phone call. It is very unusual for me to miss an email, but I did miss the first email inviting me to an interview, which is why I didn't come. There was only one email, and then the email actually advising me that I was appointed, um, I wasn't expecting it, and luckily, I, I think it maybe it was a Thursday, and then our first meeting was a Wednesday, so I had to kind of scramble to make that. Given um, some of the additional um, tasks that we have to juggle in our community, I would just ask that we make um, um, a very personal and energetic attempt at outreach, just to make sure that we, we reach Commissioner Hubbard and we hear a no thank you as much as we can. Thank you. Oh, thank you, uh, Commissioner Crispin. Does that fall to you, Mr. Gotham, the follow-up, or is that the clerk and the council to, to the point being taken that uh, Commissioner Hubbard may not even know she missed two meetings? You know, to be honest with you, um, my peer, Jacob, who does handle those things, okay. he's on vacation. He does make the phone calls and he does do um, active outreach. Okay. Um, but he's only been in the position for about mm, maybe a year, the most. Um, so I, I need to look into it and see where it Thank is. You. But I will definitely, and I'll follow up with staff where that is. Yes, and this and if Commissioner um, Hubbard is listening, uh, reach out to uh, the city to let us know that you are interested in whatever those circumstances are. We are ready and eager to meet you. Uh, with that, uh, the last item on our agenda is public comments, matters not on the agenda. Uh, clerk, is there uh, any 
Members of the public who wish to speak on public comments matters not on the agenda. Thank you, Vice Chair. I have no members of the public that wish to speak. Thank you, Ms. Montesinos. This concludes, no, it doesn't conclude. There's a speaker. I'm sorry. Commissioner Tucson Boyd, I apologize. That's okay. Thank um, you. I received a text message from Mr. Peter Mendoza. He's um, a staff member with the State Council for Developmental Disabilities, Sacramento Public Regional comment, Office. yes. Yeah, the, and Mr. He, Mendoza. And so this would be, on be, this is public comment on behalf of him. Thank you. Um, he was planning to participate in tonight's meeting via Zoom, which he typically does, as we all know. Unfortunately, he had just found out that Zoom was no longer available. This is very concerning. I'm troubled that this action was taken without notice. How many people with disabilities, including myself, have difficulty accessing transportation in the evening because we don't drive? I respectfully request that this be on the agenda for a future meeting of the committee um, to allow community members and himself um, and the public to provide input. He would like to request that a Zoom option to attend the meeting be reinstated and um, have a chance to have a meaningful discussion on this issue. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Tucson Boyd, and thank you uh, Mr. Mendoza, for being creative as those of us in community have to in order to be heard. So very much uh, an example of how we have a lot of work ahead of us. And with that, this concludes today's agenda. Thank you, everyone, for your participa participation. This meeting is adjourned.